Welcome to Monmouth Community Christian Church. It's, it's just the privilege of our lives to gather like this as God's people and worship Him together. It's a glimpse of heaven. Well, today's a very special day. We get to hear from our Chinese pastor, Pastor David Har. And I, I just so appreciate Pastor David. We serve together on our board of overseers. He's such a humble servant of God. And so welcome, Pastor David, as you share God's word with us today. Good morning, brothers, sisters, and friends. Praise God for this opportunity to share his word uh, with you. Uh, let me read uh, the passage for this morning coming from Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 through 30th. Let me read God's word. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. Let us all pray together. Oh dear Heavenly Father, indeed we give thanks to you for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, at this time that you can, um, through the Spirit, guide us as we contemplate, as we um, apply your words in our lives. May we be a testimony for your greatness and your love in our community. Thank you, Lord. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For some of you, or for many of you, uh, might have seen the movie series, Law of the Rings, right? Anybody have seen it before? Now, uh, there's a special word within the movie. Um, it's called precious. Precious. Um, have you ever been called precious by somebody in your life? Precious? Do you know that as Christians, you are precious in the sight of the Lord? Uh, why so? Because you and I have um, within us this precious treasure, which is the gospel of Christ. So if you feel down for some reason uh, this morning or any time, uh, do remember and make yourself feel much better with this truth that you are precious in the sight of the Lord. Now this morning our uh, passage is from Philippians chapter 1. We just read. Uh, in verse 27, Paul commanded the believers by saying, only conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now here the verb conduct is the only command in this whole passage. Yet it is also one of the most important ones in this whole book. In Greek, this word means to be a citizen. Now the city of um, 
Philippi, uh, it has been named uh, like a, a small room uh, in the area, the region of Macedonia. And it enjoyed all the Roman privileges. So therefore, all these people, they were so proud to be a citizen of this city. Just like you and me today, are proud to be American citizens, right? Now, Paul used this command, conduct, to remind these people that they were citizens not only of Rome, but also of God's kingdom. Therefore, they should fulfill their civic duties by conducting themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. In other words, they ought to live out their Christian faith, just like you and me. Now, the phrase worthy of means to be comparable in status. Just we can imagine Prince Charming and Snow White, they are comparable. They are worthy for each other. Yet who among us was worthy to be God's child? The answer is none, not even one, because we are all sinners. But thanks to be God, today we have become citizens of the God's kingdom. Now how could it be? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, For you were bought with a price by Jesus, so glorify God in your body. Now, as earthly parents, we all know that we expect from our babies, um, over time, they will have um, healthy growth in wisdom and also in stature. Likewise, our Heavenly Father also expects healthy spiritual growth from you and me. Now, specifically, the longer we are in Christ, the more we should conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. But this is not so easy as we live in this fallen world, especially you teenagers over there. It's not easy. It will be harder for you than for me. Because this world is worse and worse each and every day. So let us see um, from this passage Paul's three pointers for us to learn from. First of all, to live a life worthy of the gospel, we Christians need to be united, especially in the following two areas. First is to stand firm in one spirit. In verse 27, Paul says, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. Standing firm is a military term that describes a soldier as he's being attacked by the enemy in the battle, that he must what? He must stand firm, never retreat, and even fight to his death. That's called standing firm. Now, likewise, when a Christian uh, faces all kinds of temptations, and what should he do? He must also stand firm in God's truth. How so? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 says, Take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist 
the devil in the evil days and haven't done everything to stand firm. Now, not only should a Christian stand firm in the Lord, but also so should the whole church, his spiritual home. For a Christian could easily stumble and fail if he's fighting this battle by himself. Therefore, Paul reminded the whole church to stand firm in one spirit, such that to be united and defend for one another. How could we do this? There are some basic suggestions. First of all, we should worship and serve God together each and every week, every Sunday. And we should also attend Sunday school and participate in fellowships. As uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says, Two are better than one, for if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up. Now, in recent years, um, through the news, you heard about transgender people have become more and more common in America. Uh, Even children are being exposed to this at an early age. And in uh, the book of Deuteronomy 22.5, God clearly says that um, a woman shall not wear men's clothing nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. And yet many Americans have gradually accepted such sin as a way of life. Now, some of you, many of you may have seen recently news like a certain beer company hire a transgender woman to promote its brand. Now, surprisingly, this move has upset even anger many conservatives. All across America, people just stood firm in one spirit to boycott, to protest. And in fact, this company's beer sales fell by 50%, and its stock price plummeted by more than $5 billion. So as you can see, dear brothers and sisters, today, the moral decay of American society is becoming toxic around us to the point that even non-believers can no longer stand it. Therefore, as Christians, we must stand firm in God's truth, exhibit Christ's love, and also conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel. Now, Christians should not only stand firm in one spirit, but also strive together for the gospel. As verse 27 says, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, only then will the gospel of God be able to pass from generation to generation until the Lord's return. Now, this term striving together is a sports term that emphasizes the concept of teamwork in team sports. Now, undoubtedly, it takes a team, not just one superstar, to win a championship. Now, that's why NCAA March Madness is so exciting and unpredictable. For the team that plays well together will likely win together. 
Now, likewise, evangelism is also a spiritual battle which demands Christian striving together as one team under the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver the laws from the bondage of Satan. So in verse 27, Paul uses three terms to underscore the importance of oneness, which are in one spirit, with one mind, and also striving together. Now, here in this photo, uh, back in 2018, five students from Wheaton College had a heart to spread the gospel in Chicago. So every Friday, they would go and talk to people in the subways, on street corners, and sometimes they even visit uh, this Millennium Park, uh, home to the famous Bean Sculpture. I'm not sure how many of you have been to that park, uh, but on one occasion, to their surprise, these students were forbidden by park security guard to give out the gospel tract. They cannot do it. Even they cannot even preach the gospel openly to the people, to the by, uh, by, pass, people passing by. So obviously, this group of students, they were quite upset and angry, and they complained to their professor. And by God's grace, a Christian law firm was willing to help these students free of charge, uh, pro bono, to sue the government for violating their freedom of speech and religion. And this case dragged on for years. But these students stood firm in one spirit and persevered in their trials. Uh, no pun intended. Huh? Thanks to be God, recently the city of Chicago lost this case. And it was fined 200 thousand dollars in damages and in addition it must also amend its park regulations to allow evangelism and also other public speaking so as you can see dear brothers and sisters whether a family or a church when Christians unite and stand firm in one spirit we can not only guard against our enemies' attack, but also advance God's kingdom through our witnessing for Christ. Now, second, to live a life that's worthy of the gospel, we Christians need to have faith as manifest in the following two areas. First of all, let us not be frightened by the enemy. Verse 28 says, In no way alarmed by the your opponents. The term opponents refers simply to anyone or anything who opposes God. So at that time, there were some Judaizers within the church of uh, Philippi. They were insisting that believers had to be circumcised in order to be uh, justified. So therefore, uh, in Philippians verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 2, Paul warned against these people. And he said, beware of the dogs, beware of uh, the evil workers, beware of this false circumcision. So in fact, behind these opponents, actually, it, it, they were the demons and evil spirits driving these people to um, proclaim the false gospel. 
So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul reminded us these things. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So without a doubt, those believers in Philippi, they were facing enemies from within and also from without. They were alarmed by their opponents to the point of questioning the truth about salvation by faith alone. Now in Greek, this word um, alarm is a very uh, vivid participle. It describes a horse that has been frightened and uh, he'll be jumping around out of control. Such fear could cause someone to shrink back and even become paralyzed. Uh, Don't have that courage uh, to stand up to witness for God. Now this Paul, he's actually far away in a Roman prison. And he was constantly facing the threat of execution each and every day. He could die anytime. Yet he was not afraid at all. Why so? Because his faith was in God alone. As Psalm 118 verse 6 says, The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the apostle also says, You are from God, little children. Greater, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Now let me address to uh, those young people in this uh, auditorium, uh, this century. I want to ask you one simple question. I want to challenge you. One simple question. Is someone in your school, in your college, come up to you and ask you this question? What is a woman? How would you answer? What is a woman? You have an answer prepared in your heart? Perhaps Let me give you a hint. A woman is an adult human female. Remember this. One day you need it. This is such an easy question. And yet, surprisingly, many government officials, even PhDs, they don't know how to answer. Some even dare not to reply in fear of offending others. Why so? For they fear man more than fear God. So dear brothers and sisters, let us reflect. Are you fearful of anything or anyone today? Now without a doubt, there will be more bizarre phenomena in these end times. Yet as Christians, we need not be frightened by the enemy. Why not? Because our soul is secure in Christ. As in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said, Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, another question. Who is this him? It is none other than Jesus Christ. 
Now, in times of persecution, Paul exhorted the Philippian believers not to be frightened by the enemy, but trust in the sovereignty of God. In verse 28, he says, In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. Now, this word destruction means eternal death brought about by one sin against God. And the word salvation means eternal life brought about by one's faith in Christ. So according to God's sovereign plan, there are only two choices and two outcomes for man's destiny. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, on that judgment day, every non-believer will be separated from God and suffer eternally. And every Christian will be united with God and rejoice forever. So for Christian, the order of salvation as shown in this list, consists of nine steps. I don't have time to go through every step, but basically, God elects His people, He calls them, regenerates them, converts them, justifies them, adopts them, and sanctifies them. You can Google online uh, later on. But, Each and every step in this process is under God's sovereign control. Therefore, Christians should not be anxious about our future, but simply trust in God, because God is in control of our human history. So to those among us who are seekers, I pray that you would also come to trust in the sovereignty of God, for He truly loves you, and he desires you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. May you make this wise and important commitment this very day. And to brothers and sisters, we as ambassadors for Christ, if you were ever criticized, threatened, persecuted by others for your faith, you should rejoice because this shows that you are indeed of God and your salvation is real, and your faith will continue to grow and grow in times of persecution. So thirdly, to live a life worthy of the gospel, we Christians need to be steadfast in the following two areas. The first area is to suffer for Christ's sake. Verse 29 says, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for his sake. Now, the meaning of suffer here is very broad and it varies from person to person. For some people, if I extend my sermon by another 10 minutes, they would literally suffer. And yet, for others, a miss- uh, and yet for others only a missionary or a martyr for God would qualify to have experienced true suffering. So we Christians know that we were saved by grace alone, and yet many do not understand how 
could our suffering for the Lord is also God's grace? And they might wonder, why would our loving Heavenly Father make His beloved children suffer? How could this be? And there are many common reasons for our human sufferings, such as natural uh, man-made disasters, wars, famine, pandemic, aging. These are all suffering. However, Christians also experience two other reasons for suffering. The first reason is this, is God's discipline for man's sins. When a Christian is slow to repent for his sins, sooner or later, he will experience God's discipline and suffer for his own good. Just like for us teenagers here, if we all day long play video games, uh, spend time on our cell phone, our parents will not be happy for our own good. And sooner or later, they would punish us for our own good. So in Hebrews 20, uh, chapter 12, verse 6, it says, those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. Therefore, such suffering is also God's grace. So when our parents punish us, actually it is their grace for us. Now another reason for our suffering is God's trials for Christ's sake. When a Christian obeys God's word, he might still experience suffering. Because such suffering is for Christ's sake. This phrase, for Christ's sakes, appeared twice in this verse, verse 29. For Paul was emphasizing the fact that Christians would not suffer in vain during trials. As in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, Jesus said, Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you on account of me, Jesus. So in summary, Christian suffering includes the following seven reasons. Suffering is for the Lord's sake. Suffering is part of our sanctification. It validates the assurance of salvation. It makes testimonies for more powerful Witnessing. It helps me to serve others and it increases one's eternal reward. And above all, it brings glory to God. Now, how could Christians um, be steadfast in our suffering for the Lord? And here are also um, six areas for us to uh, apply. First of all, we must resolve to live a godly life. And then we should also follow Jesus with humility. And we imitate Christ to love sacrificially, endure slander and, and witness for the Lord, fight the good fight for the Lord, and also offer oneself as a living sacrifice. These are all important. Now, uh, address to the young people in our midst. Here are three people have you ever heard of the name of Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, and Ben Shapiro? About a couple years ago, my daughter Rachel, uh, Rachel introduced me to them. 
Now, these are three conservatives, commentators, and they host talk shows and live radio programs on the internet daily. And sometimes they will also、um, get invited to speak at college campuses,、uh, promoting freedom of speech, freedom of religion, while opposing abortion, homosexuality, transgender, etc. Now, the more I learn about these people's viewpoints, the more I become hopeful. Why so? Because indeed, America needs young people like them. Stand up for the truth and not be afraid of the opposition, even willing to suffer for Christ's sake. So I pray that all these young people in our midst stand up for Jesus. One day, when you're in college, in the society, stand up for Christ. So, brothers and sisters, in these last days, let us be steadfast in suffering for the Lord. Let us also hold fast. To his precious promises, for Romans chapter eight verse seventeen says, "If indeed we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him." Now Christians、um, need not only be steadfast in suffering for the Lord, but also we need to battle for a lifetime. Verse thirty says, "Experience the same conflict which you saw in me, and now hearing,、uh, and now here to be in me." In Greek, the term "conflict" is used to describe、uh, the fight among gladiators in a Roman Colosseum. Here, it refers to the battle against those who persecute Christians. It cannot be denied that a life that is worthy. Of the gospel is basically a spiritual battle. Paul's life is such a good example of this because before he died, he said, "I have fought the good fight, I finished the course, and I have also kept the faith." So, for us Christians, we need to battle for a lifetime, just like Paul and those Philippians. Now, in recent years,、um, these so-called drag queens have appeared more and more in elementary schools across America. Now, the scary part is this: is the fact that they are being invited by the school board to tell stories, and some schools do not even notify the parents in advance. What is even more tragic is this: is that some parents did not. Take their kids out of school. Rather, they join them in class and fell into the abyss together. For those parents and grandparents in our midst, if these events were to take place in your kid's school, how would you react? What would you do? It is so important for us parents to stand firm on the truth and depends on God to. For ultimate victory, as such, Christians will suffer for Christ's sake for a lifetime. Therefore, we must be ready to persevere to the very end. In Matthew chapter ten, verse twenty-two, Jesus said, "And you will be hated by all on account of my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved." 
So finally, I'll give you a positive example for especially those young people in our midst. If you like hockey, you might know this person. This is uh, an NHL hockey goalie. His name is uh, James Reimer. Now, recently, he openly refused to wear a pre-game warm-up jersey, which is uh, in support of the LGBTQIA plus community on a certain Pride night. So on Twitter, he says the following, which is so touching. And I hope that you also come and reflect upon it. Make this your own. And he said this way, For all 13 of my NHL career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins and in response asked me to love everyone and follow him. In this specific instance, on this pride night, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. This is a commendable example. So dear brothers and sisters, one day if your school, your neighbors, or your company asks you for support of the LGBTQIA community, how will you respond? Will you comply at will or will you stand firm against it? Indeed, it will not be easy for Christians to live a life worthy of the gospel. However, we ought to be united, have faith, and be steadfast in suffering for Christ's sake. For we know that in the end, God's people will surely be victorious. Let's pray together. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, indeed, we give thanks to you for the witness of Paul and his message. And we ask God that you will strengthen each one of us, especially parents in our midst, uh, young people who will be going to college or going to high school. Um, God, strengthen them so that they would follow you all their lives, so that they would stand up for Jesus in any circumstances. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.